So. Welcome to 44 and 1. Shake face. Welcome to 44 and 1. I'm G Vizzle. This is Tempest. And let me tell you a little story. Not you, Tempest. Okay. Um, about a year ish ago, maybe a little bit longer, Tempest was looking for uh, charming, engaging, easy on the eyes, my words, not his people, to interview them for a little series on the on his own channel that went nowhere. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> About how people deal with the pandemic. As a result of that, probably jokingly, but look what it cost you. He said, we should start a podcast. And I said, okay, and here we are. Fast forward a few months later, we sent each other a package of regional treats. He <laughs> had the delight of eating a coffee crisp bar, ketchup chips. Uh, and what did this bastard send me? Fucking Marmite. So today, on the podcast, I am going to try Marmite for the very first time. Just a corner of it. Because like salt yeah. in your food, you can always add more, but you can't take it away. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's, I, I feel like I ruined a perfectly good knife getting it. Is it supposed to be like super gooey cheese when you yeah. pull it out? Or has my mm -hmm. Marmite gone off? No, How no, would no, you no. even know if it went off? <laughs> you wouldn't know. It's basically yeast infection in a jar. And, mm. and yeah, it is really gooey. Um, they made uh, jars you can squeeze it out, like honey. Well, that would be smart. That would have been, yeah. This one, um, I felt like I was twisting my knife for yeah. days to get. Yeah, And yeah, I feel some, like it's all. also, in the like two minutes it's been sitting here, I feel like it's absorbed deeply into the bread where it's, it's like those movies with spores where the spores yes. slowly start to take over so it's taken over my bread it's extended beyond the original boundaries of the market <laughs> can you hold it up to the screen i don't know if we can get a good picture of it put it right up to the camera i don't want there. yeah it's yeah, glossy <laughs> it's glossy it's shiny i was considering using it as contour for my face <laughs> because the color was right okay it does have a, a stench, a yeasty aroma. It's yeast extract. That's all it is. Why, though? <laughs> I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a national delicacy, but I mean, why, why would someone take yeast extract that stretched for three miles and be like, I should put that in my face? Yeah. It's like the people who try mushrooms for the first time. Yeah. Don't eat those. those killed Larry last time. <laughs> yeah, but the time before that, he was tripping balls. So let's take a chance. Okay. Deep breath. Oh, the whole lot. Mm -hmm. That's very strong. <laughs> yeah. It tastes stronger than it smells. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it tastes a lot stronger than it smells. <laughs> what does it taste like? Describe it for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> swallowing it's a whole other adventure, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the listeners, she is now guzzling Robina. <laughs> I don't care for it, sir. <laughs> They're, uh, they're stuck in my teeth. <laughs> yeah. 
I gotta use the other toast to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> so it may amuse you to know that their advertising campaign in the UK revolves around people either loving it or hating it, and there's no in between. Yeah, I can't imagine someone being like, mm, it's hit or miss. <laughs> it depends yeah, yeah. on my mood. No one is like anyone I've I've ever spoken to about Marmite has only ever really liked it or they've had your reaction. Oh, I don't mean to be offensive. And I no, it's mean. perfectly fine. 50% of our population despise it. Because <laughs> by the smell, when I first smelled it, I was like, okay, it doesn't have the most appealing aroma, but like if it tastes the way it smells, that's not that bad. And the first few bites of it, it really is a creeper because the first few chews, I was like, this isn't... This isn't that bad. The, it wasn't that great either, but the swallow was a whole other... You're not a swallower, then. <laughs> that was a whole other... I felt like I left myself for a second. Like I left my whole, my whole body left itself. Yeah. Get an out-of-body experience. I don't care for it. <laughs> we, we even have, um, like, over there they're called lays, but over here they're called walkers. Yes. There's a brand of Walkers which has Marmite flavor. What the fuck for? Here's another one, then. Uh, we have like these, oh, I don't know what your equivalent would be. We call them Twiglets. Uh, did you ever watch Mr. Bean? Yes. Uh, not not religiously, so I wouldn't... Oh, there, there was one where he had friends around for dinner, and uh, he went to feed them Twiglets, but he didn't have any Twiglets. And then so he got some twigs off of the tree and rubbed Marmite on them. I love Mr. Bean. Yeah, yeah. But that's essentially what twiglets are. What are... They... Wood-covered Marmite? Marmite-covered wood? <laughs> yeah, they're basically crisps, but they're... I don't know what they're made of. Um, and then they're, uh, they're basically crisps that look like twigs and have the consistency of twigs. Like but they've pocky? Got... They're, like, round and sticky and... Stick like Ew. like a twig. Do we have? I mean, not we. But I think they come from Japan. They're like mm. pocky, and it's like a it's like a really thin like breadstick that they usually oh, okay. dip in like some sort of chocolate or flavoring. That's what it reminded me of. But no, we don't. Um, oh, no, this, you know what? Is... You know what we dip our crisps in chocolate, like God intended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I appreciate the sentiment in sending me the Marmite. I'm glad you sent it to me in a small container and not the actual bottle because I would have felt bad throwing it out. Also, that container took, I think the Marmite had de de evolved into some sort of industrial strength epoxy because it took me forever to get it open. That's hilarious. <laughs> um. I did notice, though, a bit of a weird thing. You didn't have any butter or margarine on your toast. What's that about? What do you mean? Why would I? Why would I butter? Well, like, isn't it going to be really dry without margarine or butter? The marmite would be the moisture that I needed. <laughs> Apparently I... not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I only if I'm going to butter my bread, it's because I'm having buttered toast. I don't put yeah. butter on bread just for shits and giggles. Like, that's that's a whole experience in itself. Do you butter your bread before you put Marmite on it? We all do. We do it with with all bread-involving products. There's always butter or margarine. 
I'm sorry, wait, talk to me through this. If you have a peanut butter sandwich, do you put butter yeah. and then the peanut butter? Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> well, how are people all still alive? Do you know that? <laughs> but like we have flora light. So like flora is like butter. I think it's like a margarine. I don't know. I don't actually know what flora is. I think it's almost its own thing. But um like marmite? Yeah, yeah. But then um you get like the light version and it's not as fatty or anything, and you just put like a thin spread of it. But why? Like what's the purpose of it? Is it a flavor? Because uh, moistens the bread a bit, so it's not so but dry. so do the so do the bread ingredients. Unless you're putting bread in your bread, it's gonna be moist. But what if you have a chicken and stuffing or turkey and stuffing sandwich after Christmas? You the need stuffing would be the moisture. Who wouldn't? Sure would. <laughs> I've also never had that sandwich before in my life. But it's, cannot, it's amazing. <laughs> it sounds pretty fucking delicious. But I, you know what? I would actually put cranberry sauce on that. So the cranberry mm. sauce would be the moisture. But I like dry toast. You put butter on toast when you want buttered toast. That's it. That's the normal state of toast being, though, is buttered toast. Yes. That's it's not a special thing. No, it's not a special thing. That's that's a default setting, but I don't think you apply that default setting to other settings. Okay. Do do you dip your bread in your soup? Uh occasionally. Depends on the soup and depends on the bread. It's pretty standard thing here to do. And yeah, you put butter on the bread and dip it in. If, but that's buttered bread, that's fine. But if you're making a sandwich that has other ingredients, then butter is unnecessary. <laughs> It's just adding. It's another nice, tasty ingredient. It's a bit of seasoning, I guess, like the saltiness of the butter. And so you're a salted butter guy. Um, I didn't even know what flora light would be. It's just I just have flora light, and I put it on everything. Not literally everything. I mean, I put it on all my breaded products. Because <laughs> we, uh, yeah, your cats are covered in butter. <laughs> <laughs> We have salted and unsalted butter, and some recipes mm, yes. specifically call for salted and unsalted butter. But butter is outrageously priced, so I just buy the unsalted butter and we'll add salt if I need to. Yeah, I mean, when I'm doing the Nigella's thing, the saffron scented chicken palaf, which is just one of the nicest things in the world to eat, um, you you need salted butter for that. For coating yeah, I would just buy regular butter and add salt. Mm. How much is butter cut? Was butter an expensive commodity for your people? I don't actually remember how much it costs. I'll have a quick... I'll do a goog. A <laughs> goog? I got that from Mark Norman. <laughs> That's Speaking not my own joke. I thought this thing today on TikTok. This woman was like, these three guys on a podcast were mm. talking about... Um, about uh, skin cancer. Oh. And they were like, no, skin or uh, sunscreen companies invented skin cancer because you didn't hear about people in the 17 or 1800s having skin cancer. And they were so confidently enthusiastically ignorant but it's like they probably died before they got a chance to develop the cancer but they've also like they're the person who was responding to the video is like guys google is free like don't you don't have to live your life stupid and then yeah. she went into it that they have actually found mummies that showed signs of skin cancer <laughs> like these guys were talking like they know this conspiracy it's theory. so fucking confident google Jesus. is free um are you metric in canada I don't know. Depends. Okay, so the Flora Light, it says it's £3.89 per kilogram. So that's probably about 
$4.5 or $5 um, Canadian. Okay, so ours would be like, when I buy butter, mm. and not even like premium butter, like the no-name butter, it's about $7 a pound. Oh, okay. So it's actually a bit cheaper for us. Oh, no, I don't know, actually. I don't know. How much is a pound? A pound is, uh, is it 2.2 kilograms in a pound? Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's more expensive for us then. Six pound a kilogram for full strength flora. So you you get six pound a kilogram. That's two point two of mine, which is seven dollars. Oh, okay, okay, that's good then. Okay. Ah, it sucks to be you. <laughs> it really does. I think our prices. What I'm noticing is is that our stuff is expensive in different places. Um, dairy, dairy has skyrocketed. Dairy and meat has skyrocketed for us. Yeah, our cheese is going crazy, and same yeah, meat as well. It's really going yeah. up. Our cheese has gone a little bit bonkers. Eggs, Petrol. that makes me sad. Fucking love eggs. Yeah. So the other day, a bloody hell, I, I felt so ill. I didn't even realize it. I was feeling a bit queasy for a couple of days. Can't if I told you about this. And I'd made scrambled eggs two days in a row, and I'd used three eggs for myself. Put in some Tabasco sauce, two slices of toast with flora on it, and fuck your flora. Yeah, and eat, <laughs> yeah. Each time, each time, like, um, and this is because my partner was away for the week, and we know I have no sense of smell, right? And I, I just poured in the milk for the scrambled egg without thinking, and then um, I turned out that not only was the milk out of date by like seven or eight days, but also it'd been open for a week. <laughs> it hadn't got to the point of chunkiness, but uh, it's probably Ugh. at the point of turning, and I had no fucking clue because I can't smell it. I had a, a friend of mine I used to work with, and she, I think I've told you about this before, too. She had such an intensive, like, crazy sense of smell. So where we worked, they would, when we were had training classes, they would bring in lunch, and they would set it up in the small room, probably about the size of my office. And so they would set it up in the room. She would be standing at the threshold of the door, and she would just look at me and say, don't eat the tuna. Because she can <laughs> smell from, like, six feet away that the mayonnaise was just about to go off. She's like those dogs that can smell cancer. She, oh, for sure. Like, it was <laughs> impressive. And I could literally have the tuna press right up against my nose. And I'm like, does that smell bad? <laughs> I mean, certainly not as bad as yours, but I have on occasion <laughs> walked over to my husband and been like, smell this. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, do you like Barmite? Oh, I fucking love it. Okay, so that explains some things. Because if you don't have a sense of smell, then your sense of taste, because they're connected, would also be numb. Mm. So you have never fully tasted. Probably not. I don't have the whole plethora of the uh, taste experience with Marmite. It's not just a taste experience. That was also emotional. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a really funny video on, um, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, Abroad in Japan. And there's this guy, he's been living in Japan for a few years. He went over there to do start work as, like, he's from Britain. And so he's a British guy in Japan. Um, and he learned how to speak the language and everything. And now he's a, he teaches English as a foreign language. Nice. And and now he's a full-time YouTuber, I think. But anyway, he managed to do, there was a couple of um, Japanese girls, like, uh, doing some reality TV show. And then he managed to do some cultural exchange. And then so him and his mate had to change stuff I like share food and things and he fed them marmite <laughs> well there are some pretty strong flavors in japan too so like they would oh, this, how, is, how did... 
this was the interesting thing. They were gagging and almost throwing up. But what was interesting is they have quite salty food. And it was just like, it would tasted like nothing they'd ever had. And then every time he sh he's given Marmite to any of his Japanese friends, nine out of 10 of them are disgusted by it. And honestly, at the verge of gagging. Wow. It wasn't, <clears throat> I mean, if I could go back in time, I would have taken a smaller bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not surprised. You know why? Because I want, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to waste a good piece of toast. And if I had taken a smaller bite and felt that, so I wouldn't have eaten that corner and I'm, I don't like wasting food so I would have made myself eat it knowing what I was getting myself into that would be like running into an open fist right like that would, yeah. <laughs> it was better that I didn't know what was coming you should uh, see if the husband likes it later if there's any left yeah there's a, a lot left <laughs> but also when I opened up the package and he was like what's that I said Marmite he was like oh I don't want that's fine I think he's probably tried it before. Yeah. His um Is he his, more cultured? <laughs> I guess step grandmother was mm. was British. So he had tried it with her. Oh, okay. She was adorable. She was three apples high. She was a very, very petite woman. I don't know if you get that <laughs> reference from the smurfs. She was a very petite woman. And in mm. her house, she could barely reach the cupboards. So her son, who was a contractor, made like all the top cupboards really long. And oh, shot, yeah. dropped and dropped the cabinet so she'd be able to like maneuver around her kitchen. Oh, that's cool. But like selling it was a bit of a struggle because people who were selling it who were not as petite as she was were kind of like, why do I have to hunch over to wash the dishes? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was really cute because she had this like very small little house and it was all like customized for her. Yeah. Yeah, I like it when people put a bit of thought into their house design. You know, my my granddad he um he made a step underneath his um sink i think back problems might be hereditary in my family i don't know but he found that like if he's washing up normally because the sink was so low because like we're all quite tall um so he gets sciatica so he made the step so if he could put one leg up then it kind of just yeah and then that, yeah so now like when i'm washing uh doing the washing up i open up the cupboard under the sink and then like, so i i do my washing up like captain morgan <laughs> There was a, I saw an ad for a refrigerator from the 50s, mm. and it was so brilliantly designed. So the crisper drawers, not only, they, they would kind of fold into the fridge. So when you wanted something, you folded it out, opened it up, but you could take the entire drawer with you and then put it back in. So like mm. it was smaller, but it held so much more stuff. And like, mm. that was in the 50s. My fridge... It was here when we bought the house, so it's probably like 15 years old. And the crisper drawers are on the shittiest plastic rails that they keep that they don't fit. So they keep falling off. I feel like I feel like it was like someone on a bring your kid to school day brought their stupid kid. And then the kid was like, Dad, yeah. can I design the crisper drawers? And he was like, sure, kiddo. And then the kid <laughs> was an idiot. Because they don't fit. Like they don't yeah. they don't fit. They're constantly falling out. When you try to put them back in place, they fall, they they crack and they're broken. The ergonomics the 50s, are crap. Yeah. The fifties, they knew. It's because well, it's, what do they call it? Planned obsolescence. Yeah, yeah. So it falls apart. So you're stuck having to buy new shit every ten years. Concrete is the best fucking example of it. All of our bridges these days are just falling apart after fifty years. Right? You, you see it like every week. There's something in the in the states like they haven't been keeping up with their infrastructure costs, and a bridge falls and, and kills like twelve people. Um, 
And then if concrete is so shit, then why are all these Roman structures still standing? Why are those aque aqueducts still up and all those other <laughs> structures? It's because they made yeah. good fucking concrete. <laughs> They make a they make a joke in in Ontario. I don't know if it's everywhere in Canada, but Ontario that there's like two seasons in Ontario: winter and construction. Yeah. And, <laughs> and a friend of mine way back when told me that he had some family visiting him from the U.S. Mm. And then when at the end of like the summer or whatever, when they were going back home, he asked them like, "What'd you guys think of of Toronto?" And they were like, "Oh, it'll be a nice city if you ever get it finished." <laughs> everywhere, everywhere is construction, and I love when we watch like. If there's shows set in Toronto or like some news things in Toronto, they'll edit out all the cranes and construction. Yeah. So you see what it could look like. It's like a city of the future. But then when you actually drive there, you're like, oh, crane, crane, crane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, um, uh, we sort of have a, a season as well. It's called April. <laughs> and that's when all of our roadworks get done because they, all the councils want to use up their budget from the the year that's just gone and they because they've been really miserly and don't want to spend any of their money and then at the end of the year like shit we've got money left over and then now all the roadworks pop up and then they have no care or attention paid to when they should be done and then everybody's late to work for the whole month we have uh pothole problems mm. and they're not they don't often like fix them well enough so there's constantly potholes and like if you don't see it because it's covered in a a puddle or whatever you're driving through and you could totally yeah. fuck up the bottom of your car but yeah all of our streets are like there's streets in my neighborhood that we avoid when like we go bike riding because i'm like why am i glad i can't handle this like <laughs> <laughs> well we'll like pedal as fast as we can and then stand up for that road or like yeah. stand through it because it's like, like cobbles it's like my ovaries turn into scrambled eggs yeah, yeah. but i'm bummed <laughs> is that funny on um I'm not going to say the creator for obvious reasons. Um, the video you sent me recently of that guy in South America, and he was um, going through on the motocross bike or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets to this random village in the middle of Colombia somewhere, and then they've got, like, the whole market square is just cobbled stones, and he's trying to film going along these cobbled stones. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus, have you got any balls left after that? Nope. <laughs> Scrambled eggs and scrambled balls. Oh, man. So, um, I've stolen this one, uh, but I just thought it was such a fucking good question. Um, it's quite contentious. So, if women wear makeup on their dating profiles, does that mean that it's okay for men to lie about their height or their income on their dating makeup, profiles? I don't think makeup is lying. Yeah. It's an enhancement. Mm. I mean, I know there was a guy in India once who tried to sue his wife because the morning after their wedding was the first time he ever saw her without makeup. And like some people are magicians with makeup. Yeah. But yeah, I don't consider it lying. Like, like would men consider a padded bra a lie? Mm. Yeah. And also height is not something that you can do anything about. Whereas like you can always put on makeup. You could put steps in your shoe. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> Although, but, yeah, I don't consider I don't consider makeup lying. I think it's an enhancement. Well, I, I think that's where the question, the the interesting part of the question lies, is because depending on who you ask, you're going to get a very different answer. Like if you ask mm. a like fucked up misogynistic cunt like I don't know, Andrew Tate or someone, 
or like one of those fresh and fit podcast people they're probably like yeah bro <laughs> do what you can those guys are the worst those guys yeah. oh side note every every one of their clips i have seen yeah. women will get up and get and leave mm. because they're tired of being offended and then the guys will spend the next like hour mm. complaining about how emotional women are yeah. while they're in the throes of a hissy fit they're yeah. <laughs> not, not seeing the irony of that but yeah proceed yes yeah and, and it is, it's just um and then i i think that where, where the the real interesting answer is is that like what would you classify as makeup and then like you say where is that line drawn like so you know if you include things like a padded bra or plastic surgery and all those sort of things high heels if a woman's wearing high heels yeah um, and the other thing is, um, like, okay, lying about your income, but how much? Are you talking about five grand or are you talking about a hundred grand? Lying about your height, um, you know, you talk about an inch or you talk about five inches. Yeah. And like, by the time you realize that a woman's face doesn't look like that, like, it's not like women who wear makeup hide it. What kills me though is when men see pictures of women who are wearing, who looks like look how natural her face is look at her without makeup meanwhile she's wearing a ridiculous amount of makeup yeah, yeah. makeup that doesn't look like makeup requires more makeup than makeup that looks like makeup yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it takes a shit ton of makeup to look like your skin is flawless so men <laughs> don't even know what women look like without makeup <laughs> and if you're dating a woman if she if she wears makeup as part of her regular routine by the time you see her without makeup you should be emotionally invested enough to not yeah. be so shallow that you'd be like, oh, yeah, you do have bags under your eyes and freckles and crows. So everybody face. looks like. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that um, like, because I don't like you say I don't consider makeup lying because it's because again that is is what is lying, you know. And then like if I said to everybody, oh, I earn a hundred thousand pound a year, and I made a Tinder profile saying that. Like that would be a blatant lie <laughs> in so many ways. And then, um, but then like a bit of makeup, makeup is something you can see as well. Like you can see makeup's been applied, whereas yeah. you can't see a paycheck, you know? Yeah. And in a Tinder profile, if someone lies about their height, I mean, you can't, you will be able to really see that in the profile, but yeah, exactly. it's different than, than putting on makeup because you, like you said, you can see the yeah. makeup so it's yeah. not i didn't dupe you into believing that my eyes are have gold on the lids <laughs> yeah. right like if you look at somebody and say like oh that's a natural face yeah you're just an idiot I, and i think that that is a lot of the the issue is that like the these guys don't realize because they don't interact like i mean we're talking about a certain type of guy here that they don't yes. interact with women on a daily basis much so they don't realize that these women are wearing makeup and they're wearing a normal amount and and then they think that that's the natural look. And then so when they see a woman who applies a lot of makeup, um, then they see that as a woman applying makeup normally. Like that's what a like your everyday woman does when she goes to work on a day. Yeah. yeah. And it's and like I guess because some of these men, like when you see let me take a step back, a lot of the makeup influencers who have developed a very, very large following have very dramatic before and after photos right like there's a couple in particular who uh, one of them she lost all of her teeth during pregnancy mm -hmm. so she will show herself you know before with her no teeth in and her normal everyday woman face right with mm -hmm. 
dark spots and patches and red spots. And then when she puts her makeup on and she puts her teeth in and she does her hair all up, mm. it looks like a completely different person. But mm. she's also done her hair, put on her makeup. But it's not. Yeah. You can still see in the before and after that it's mm. the same person. I mean, I said it looks like a different person, but you can still mm. see that it's the same person. So it's not yes. like it's that far of an extension of the imagination to understand that somebody wouldn't look exactly the same without their makeup as they would with. And if yeah. you think that's lying, then why, like, if that's a deal breaker for some men, then you were never really wanting to get to know that person as a person. Yeah. You were just yeah. looking at them aesthetically and wanted someone to hang off of your five foot 10 arm. Yeah. And you said you were six two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can dupe that uh, you're earning 250 grand a year, but you're on like 20K. <laughs> it's comma placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, well, I, I personally prefer as little makeup as possible. Like, but that's my personal preference. And I, th I don't know where it comes from. And I think it might be an autistic thing. I'm not sure because I like to see the micro expressions. I like to be able to see like the face creases and the smiles and all that stuff. Because but I you think still, you still see that. Like, makeup doesn't hide. Like, as much makeup as I put on, if I smile, you're still going to see the wrinkles in my eyes, right? Makeup isn't going to hide that. It's just going to smooth it out and even it out. Yeah, but I think that's the difference in, in like, the kind of, the amount of makeup that we're both thinking of right now. Okay, maybe. Yeah, so, like, um, I mean, I, I know somebody would put makeup, spend, like, an hour putting makeup on before going to work every morning. And, like, to me, that's, like, it's too much because, A, it's too much of an investment of your time. I mean, I'm thinking super autistically, and like this is just me being practical. Like, dude, you're spending an hour a day, five days a week putting this. But if makeup. she enjoys it, then it's yeah, then I it's, know. It's a valuable investment in her time, right? It's like yeah. couples who fight about money because one of them yeah. takes vacations and one of them wants to get facials, right? It's like mm -hmm. you both have different priorities. If someone mm -hmm. enjoys putting on makeup, then that's not a wasted hour. That's an hour of them honing their craft and no, developing different techniques and trying out different things it's like a hobby no no uh, that's this is kind of what i'm saying right like it's this is my personal perspective as how i view the world and how how i see it and struggling with that how other people have different motivations and ideas of what they want to do and so ultimately this, this idea of like are women lying if they're wearing makeup ultimately comes down to yeah but why are they wearing the makeup right so why do you think it's lying not you personally obviously why do you think it's lying why does it bother you so much and then but why do you think they're doing it right i think a lot of the men who would say that type of thing who would mm. think it's lying are also the same kind of men who a think women put on makeup for men when mm, yeah most women put on makeup for themselves because they enjoy it and who would also judge a woman who wasn't wearing makeup yeah totally totally right like there's such hypocritical cunts because yeah. <laughs> like honestly makeup is it's fun to play with it's fun to do i don't do it every day because be, just like i mean i'm not autistic but i lack the patience to do it every yeah. day because then if you put it on you also got to take it off it's the reason i don't wear contact lenses because i'll have no problem putting them in but i don't want to take them out yeah. So I just don't bother. Also, you have to clean your makeup brushes. That's a pain in the ass. Like I just <laughs> but makeup is fun. One day when I first started working from home, I was on a call and I had a, a mirror beside me because at the time my like office was also where I would like do my makeup and stuff. 
And so I could see myself in the mirror and I don't know what, I don't know why, but I was like, I wonder what I would look like with blue eyebrows. And then five minutes later, I do the answer to that question. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. Oh yeah, no, I like I like the creative playing side of it. Um, like yeah, you've all done that in various ways growing up. You know, I'm not saying I put makeup on when I was a kid, but I'm just saying that like kids. Do I know weird a lot shit. of men who wear makeup. Yeah, I yeah. know a lot of men who put on makeup to like to again hide their like dark circles under their eyes or to smooth their complexions mm. out. There's lots of application for makeup. Yeah, and I, I think there's like a, a philosophical side of it to me as well. Is that like I want to see the life that that person has led and is currently leading and then you see that in the face like the the face bears our years um and you can tell a lot through people from, from the way that their face is um and like you know this is why i love things like scars and you know issues with our bodies because they're so interesting like character it, yeah and it is it, every single scar or so-called deformity or unusual part about your body that you might hate about yourself like it's all a fucking story and it's about how you got to be who you are now and then that's why like you know like i understand the whole idea of makeup for other people i understand societally why it why it exists and all these other things like i'm not against it i just like it when it's not there and i see the person who they are without it like it's almost like a privilege in a way to have somebody be vulnerable like that in front of you, I think. Like if it's somebody that you're not, um, that you're either just getting to know and you're becoming either intimate with or friendly with or whatever whatever way it is. But the only people often that see them like that are their closest loved ones. And so to have that vulnerability, like to not have the makeup and all the other, I mean, I'm talking about both genders here that, when you don't have all that other accoutrement, that it's it's like a, a sign of vulnerability of getting to know somebody. I think but, that's a good point. And I think I, what I I think one of the things that I really like about I guess TikTok and social media is that more and more we're seeing people without all of that, and they're just yeah. being authentically themselves. Where historically, like until social media, all the media mm-hmm. we consumed was prepared and yeah. curated media, and everybody we saw was fully made up right so like young people seeing that were thinking oh that's what you know we didn't know when I was younger that all the pictures we saw in magazines were photoshopped we didn't know yeah. that until we did and then it was like you fucking asshole you've been lying and stuff. Yeah. like here are this whole like generations of young men and women are trying to subscribe subscribe to this ideal and create this ideal when that person that you're paying doesn't even look like that you photoshop yeah. the shit and it's so nice to see on social media men and women just being themselves, no makeup, crust in their eye, whatever, mm. not being afraid to show that they've lost their teeth, they're losing their hair, they have mm. scars, they have all these different things that once upon a time we were made to feel ashamed of. Because yeah. every makeup ad is about like fixing, originally it was like fixing your flaws and cover your gray hair and do all these yeah. things where now it's like, let's embrace what we look like. Because when people start to get rid of those perceived flaws, they mm. just end up looking like everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And you can't. It's like when Jennifer Gray, like I don't mean to beat up on Jennifer Gray, but like <laughs> when she was in her movies when she was younger, right? Like Dirty Dancing and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, she had that quintessentially Jennifer Gray look and she was a beautiful woman. And then she kind of left the limelight. When she came back, she'd had her a rhinoplasty, she had her nose done, and then she didn't look like herself anymore. She looked mm. like 
every other nose. It was like, yeah. you're picking it out of a catalog. It's not yours, right? Embrace it. <laughs> and like, I know she got a lot of shit for it. And if she, if she did it and it made her feel better afterwards, then I don't want to talk shit about it either because it could have been something that had been bothering her. And I'm, I also have no qualms about people fixing things that bother them if they're they're fixing it for the right reason, right? If you're yeah. not thinking like, oh, once I fix my nose, my entire life is going to change. It's like after I had lost weight, mm -hmm. I knew that all the things that were wrong before were still going to be wrong later. They would just be wrong in a smaller body where a lot of people make it into this bigger once once I lose this weight or once mm -hmm. I get that nose job or once I get that tummy tuck, my whole life's going to change. And it's like, yeah. no, it's not because you're still going to the same job, sleeping in the same bed, wearing the same yeah. clothes, dealing with the same shit. You're just... It's well, one fewer issue that you need, perceived issue that you have. I think that's the thing with um, with a lot of this plastic surgery stuff and, and a lot of healthcare issues is that there's too much enablement now, um, instant enablement. Like, and it's not, um, they don't go through, they don't do their due diligence in healthcare anymore to help you make the right decision at the right time for you. So like my concern it, my immediate concern with things like Jennifer Gray's rhinoplasty would be, but did they help her get to that decision in the right way? Um, so that she is aware that, because when people are in distress and when they're confused about all these things, they clutch at straws and think that these things are the ultimate answer and it's going to be the silver bullet, it's going to fix everything. But like you said, it never fucking happens that way. Um, and I don't know that we do enough, like along that point of it's either one extreme or the other you've got yeah. people who are like yeah you should totally do it because you need to take care of you and you need to do what makes you feel good and they don't question why is that going to make you feel better what do you think it's going to yeah. accomplish and then on the other side is people who are like dismissive and be like no you're beautiful you're gorgeous you don't need to change anything but if it is actually something that's bothering them mentally like exactly it's there's not enough middle of the road let's talk about your motivations for why you yeah. want to do this like let's think this through yeah. just answer the question of why that question that i got was uh was from the daily wire and I was actually surprised by their fucking answers because, like, we all know that, like, I watch a lot of different media. Um, like, because I do think that if you read The Guardian, you should read The Spectator. Um, if you watch fucking Vice News, then you should watch The Daily Wire because otherwise you're going to be echo chambered. Um, and their answers actually were very much like ours. And then, which, with what everything we're told about conservatives, you would have thought they'd be like really misogynistic. Women shouldn't wear makeup. Men can lie. The way it's presented to us in modern media would be that they're like that. But no, they pretty much gave the same answers we fucking did. <laughs> so either we're conservatives and don't know, which I don't think so. Well, no, I think the, especially the topic of makeup is so, it is contentious because like there have been studies that have shown that women who wear makeup to work are perceived as taking the jobs more seriously, but it depends mm. on how much makeup and the colors of those makeup. If they wear yeah. red lipstick or too dark makeup, then now they're not taking their job seriously. So like, there's never really, there's always such a moving goalpost. And like mm. now people are shit talking men who wear makeup when originally makeup was made for men. Like they wore makeup <laughs> before women did. Men wore high heels before women did. They wore skirts before women did. And now when they do it, it's like, where are we coming to? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so what are we going back to? Because before there wasn't, we didn't gender makeup or nail polish or any of those things like we do now. Yeah. And when they did it, it was all for capitalism, right? Like once upon a time, a woman would buy a a nail polish and she would keep that nail polish until the bottle was empty and then makeup manufacturers were realizing that they weren't getting as much income 
like they weren't making as much money or being as profitable. So that's when they decided, oh, we should market colors for the season. So it's darker in the winter and lighter in the summer, because then that woman who had one bottle now has to buy four bottles for the season. And then they just kept yeah. trying to get more and more money out of us. That's why it kills me. This whole Bud Light thing going on a whole other rant now. Yeah. Like this, people are buying Bud Light to destroy the bottles and they're like <laughs> raged ridiculousness, which that's, that's not how you protest or wake up, but that's fine. Sure. You do you boo, but they're doing so. And then saying, we're going to go to course, which was quote unquote woke before Bud Light. And then yeah. they're doing it while they're wearing like Nike shoes, which is yes. also inclusive driving Ford trucks, which are inclusive. And they're, I don't think what they realize is that these companies, yes, they are quote unquote, again, going woke, but they're following the market. Yeah. Like they're not doing it because like not to be harsh or anything, but Bud Light doesn't give a fuck about Dylan Mulvaney. What they care about is Dylan Mulvaney's followers money. So they can get (laughs) what I don't even four million, five million, however many million followers she has, if they can get (laughs) them to switch to Bud Light, then they are going to replace all the old boomers that are dying. They're they're aging themselves out of beer. Actually, I I think that the the market thereafter is the vast majority of us that don't care about Dylan Mulvaney specifically, right? Is that we all have a variety of opinions on the trans ideology and the movement and gender activism and all of that. Uh, But when it comes to Dylan Mulvaney as an individual... 95% 95% of us couldn't give a shit. <laughs> and what Bud Light are doing, right, is they're just creating free advertising. Uh, so basically, they're making the most hardcore bros get really mad and irate, and it makes them talk about Bud Light, right? I I have no inclination to, to buy Bud Light. It looks like piss, tastes like piss, and it's weak as piss, right? We have real beer in Britain. <laughs> But, but, but people who have never bought it before are going to start buying it yeah. to stand behind, to be like, yes, we support Dylan Mulvaney. We support inclusivity. Well, and actually, now we're going to support Bud Light as a result. No, no, I, I think it's it's completely different to that. That, that Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, an unintended consequence that that'll happen. I, think I don't it's think to, that was unintended no, at all. No, 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 no. What I mean is that I think that they're trying to get the market, like they're trying to get free advertise, advertisement revenue on everybody talking about Bud Light, so people are reminded that Bud Light exists. So they get in, so Kid Rock does a video shooting up the Bud Light with his AR-15, uh, like a fucking 12-year-old. And um, and then that means- And banning it, it from his concerts. Yeah, yeah. Which means that more people are now, like I've never given a thought to Bud Light in my life since like I was in the States. If you ask me to name 10 beers, I would Bud not Light have would named not, Bud Light. No, Kokanee would have been higher on that list than Bud Light for me. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have made my list either. <laughs> I actually really liked it. I, I don't know why. Um, there was another one that got off on the tangent. Uh, when I was in Toronto, I had uh, oh, I got really drunk one night, and it was the best night I'd had there. Um, it's just one of those nights where just magic happens. You just get talking to loads of people and get really hammered. And I, and I was sitting at the bar and I was just I was talking to the uh, the bartender and then I was like, you know, what are the local beers you got? And then she said, like, here's one. It's really strong. So she's like, you're drinking a lot, so I wouldn't have more than one of these. Um, and it had like a devil or something on the 
label and it was like it, it was really strong and i don't know what it's called but it was fucking amazing does not sound familiar so they're basically getting free advertising um revenue yeah because i mean how how do you get free advertising is that you piss people off rage bait it works it totally works because like the uh, emotional content gets more views than unemotional content is i was watching a video this morning i think it was hank green and he was saying that if they scare you, frustrate you, or make you angry, you are yeah. 2.3% more likely to click. And in terms of like, he was talking about the click rate may not seem significant, but 2.3% more is huge. Yeah, It is totally a lot. Because I mean, if it's a feel good story or a non-issue, you're going to read the headline and just keep going. Mm. But as soon as they give you that clickbaity title, mm. you're in. That's why I wish advertising was like that movie, Crazy People. I know I've told you about this movie before. It's Dudley Moore <laughs> and Daryl Hannah. And this advertising executive has a breakdown and all of the ads that he puts out are 100% honest ads. Mm -hmm. And sales for all the companies go through the fucking roof. (laughs) (laughs) Volvo, boxy, but safe. Uh, I was like, grape nuts, eat fiber or you'll die. And people are like buying shit off the shelves because if there's truth in advertising, people will, Mm. they will do it. But there's always like a grain of truth. And that's that's how they base the whole thing around, isn't it? Like I saw another series of videos where this guy was making like junk food or pers- what we call junk food healthy. Mm. He was rebranding it. So he was taking like Cheetos. Someone's like, mm. do Cheetos. And he was like, yeah, sure. No trans fats, gluten-free, made with real cheese, includes dairy. And like the way he took all those little nuggets of truth was like, <laughs> look, Cheetos is a health food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, like, with all of this woke advertising, is that, like, I personally dislike woke advertising, but I hate all advertising. Like, my feelings towards this woke advertising is exactly the same as all the other advertising I see. It's vacuous, pointless crap. They don't give a shit about you, and they don't care about whatever political agenda they're trying to serve. And actually, they're taking the piss out of everybody that buys into these products just because of their pretend political ideology they're fucking taking you people for a ride that's i mean that's been advertising since the dawn of time right they've got to they've got to make you feel some certain way to Mm. get into it whether that's they got to make you feel bad about yourself or bad about other people they got to make you feel something yeah to buy something yes i would rather like i would rather just read reviews on stuff like if i want something if I see a commercial for something, typically, I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me go online and research different brands and different products and read mm-hmm. reviews. Like, I very, very rarely do I remember seeing an ad for something and be like, I need to get that thing. Yeah. Unless, unless that's kind of why, like, if I see a TikTok or a Reddit post or a YouTube video where someone was like, listen, I'm not sponsored. I just bought this thing and I'm going to give you an mm-hmm. honest review on this thing. That I would trust mm-hmm. more than any paid for advertising there is a, a form of advertising which is creeping me the fuck out because it's, i think it's unregulated and they're, they're not allowed to do it in the same way on tv i don't think but a lot of podcasts do um like stealth advertising so you have um so they have different different ads come in different forms so you have say like the youtube ads where the a monetized channel can put in where they want the ad to be and then it'll pop up with an ad that's nothing to do with the channel. Uh, so it's one type. Then you have the other type of ad where they'll um, talk about uh, a product and actively sell it to you, like Satva mattresses or something. 
um, and then or better health. And then they'll so they'll act like a spokesperson and read an ad out very blatant. The third type is a product placement. So they'll put like a, like up until fairly recently, uh, a bottle of Bud Light or like all these bro podcasts. Right. And then they have them. But there's a fourth type that I've been noticing, which is they will get the podcast people to talk about something. And then it won't obviously be an ad, but it will be so fucking out of the ballpark. Sometimes you can spot it. It's just out of the Can you give me an example? Field. Like, it might be like, um, oh my God, I was looking for a holiday the other day uh, with my wife and we wanted to go to Hawaii. So I had to log on this website and they'll start talking about the website and how fucking good it was. Right. Um, but, but they are even sketchier and more stealthy than that. They might talk about a product or a place that they went or like a car they use, or a jet ski they bought, some random shit. And I'm and like, now everybody's listening to this thinking like, hmm, I wonder how much Bud Light paid them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for our, our 20 views an episode podcast. <laughs> but like, I'll, I'll have to, I'll go back through it, because I, I noticed it a lot um, when it came in, because, uh, like, actually, I don't listen to many podcasts, but one I was listening to fairly frequently was Your Mum's House and Two Bears, One Cave. Until Burt Kreischer just got on my nerves so much I couldn't listen to it anymore. But like, um, it, it it happened. I noticed it happening more on the Two Bears One Cave, and like it, like I was just like that was the cadence of that conversation was very odd. And mm. there was another podcast which I tried out, which was the Bill and Burt podcast, and um, they were supposed to be doing one, and then Bill went, "Oh, did I fuck that up?" And then <laughs> he said something wrong, and then they left it in. But like, because he doesn't like that sort of stuff anyway. So I feel like he did it deliberately. But kind of like me, I don't like doing the ads. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I uh, I made a taste test video this morning. I was trying poutine flavored chips, and then I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I found I'm going to do a taste test for these later. Um, mm. They're um, fried noodle flavored chips. Fried noodle flavored. Yeah, would that not be really bland? I don't know. It's they're migarang. Fried noodle flavor. I don't know where they're from. Chitato. Chitato. Indonesia. They're Indonesian. Oh. Uh. So. Oh, fuck. They're expired. <laughs> <laughs> How long? January. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not bad. I mean, they're... For dry food. Yeah. I mean, my grocery store is fucking worse. Half the products... Do you have many times... I actually started a Twitter account once upon a time just so I can complain about my grocery store. Like... <laughs> I would say 40% of the time I would take dairy off the shelves, it was expired. That's illegal in our country. Uh, yeah. And then I remember telling the guy, there was a guy stocking shelves and I was like, buddy, uh, I didn't call him buddy. That would be rude. I was like, sir, no. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, God, like, sir. Uh, this is expired. And he was like, oh. And then he just looked at it like he expected to will the expiry date to change. And so... He didn't do anything about it. Like I went on, cared about my business, and I kept like checking him out. And he'd never removed it from the shelves. So I went to tell somebody else, and they're like, oh, "Okay, thanks." They it's didn't so budge. Fuck, man. No, and it's like meat products, dairy. They keep that expired shit. But then you can see the the nor like the future dated stuff behind it. So they moved the expired stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe it wasn't expired when they moved it, but it was pretty fucking close. Fucking bastards. <laughs> Although, uh, I did know somebody who worked at a yogurt hmm. packaging plant or company, and they said that the date that they put on yogurt is usually 
like up to two weeks before it will actually mm. expire. And they do that to avoid any sort of liability. Even though there was a, someone at the meat counter who said like the date that they have on the meat is actually two or three days before yeah. the actual date. That way it gives them a little bit of a window. If someone uses it a day later, they're not going to get sick. Not like it's going to, if the expiry date is the third on the fourth, it's going to be like kill you. But unless you're <laughs> you drinking milk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know why I got so ill the other day because I had my dentist appointment and then at some point in like and that was the only time I'd really been out for a few days and then so I'm wondering if I ate something or like maybe it was the other milk that I'd had because the milk you were drinking milk on the podcast and it it was it was the day of our recording wasn't it and I threw up right after it was like a few hours later you threw up Oh no! I I, th- I threw up twenty minutes afterwards. I just texted. Oh, you was later. that's right. It was pretty close afterwards. And <laughs> we were talking about throwing up in that episode. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. I just thought it was back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, where I have this untold power. It, it could be. It could be. Yeah. What a useless superpower that would be. <laughs> Actually, no. No. No, but it's only bad things, though. Maybe you need to write about your enemies. I don't have any enemies that I know of. I could be one if you want. <laughs> How insidious. Maybe we need to, um, if we want to get more viewers and listeners, like we need to manufacture a big fallout and like go start our own podcast individually and bitch about each other and then get back together after six months. <laughs> we'll do our own little TikTok yeah. controversy. There was a guy, have you heard of the H3H3 podcast? I've heard of, but I haven't. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't dabble in them. The, the guy, Ethan Klein, he's a complete fucking... He's a bitch of a human being, absolute waste of oxygen. But <laughs> there's a lot of people who would agree with that. Um, he like, I think he split from his wife, and then he's trying to actively bitch about his ex-wife. Like they did the podcast together, that's called H3H3. And then after they split, it just became the H3 podcast. And then um he's he was actively trying to bitch about his ex-wife on the podcast, and his producer was telling him like don't. don't. Like he's like, she's not talking about you. Let's not get involved in that. And they uploaded it. <laughs> Why would they upload it? I know. He just basically got told off by the sound engineer on his podcast. But they uploaded it anyway. Yeah. Probably it was probably all manufactured. Everything that you think is real is fake. Like honestly, yeah. I don't trust so anything really. anymore. Yeah, I don't yeah. trust anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. So fucking funny. Oh, We're man. legit though. We are. We're probably like the only two real people in the world. We're in Plato's cave. This is what it is. We're the ones in Plato's cave watching the shadows on the wall, and we're the only ones that are real. But that's what someone fake would say. (laughs) I'm glitching. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, that's what happens, I think, in Plato's cave is, I I don't know if I've got this right or not, but I think there's like three guys and they're chained up, watching the shadows on the wall, and they think it's reality. One of them gets freed. He goes out and experiences the world, and then he comes back and tries to tell the people who are still chained to the cave wall that, no, no, this isn't real life. Real life is out there. This is what reality is. Let me give you the red pill. And they're like, no, blue pill, thanks. Yeah, and then that's where the idea of the red pill, blue pill came from, was, like, from Plato's Cave, basically. It just got They turned it into the... That they changed it in the Matrix. 
and that like and then the people who have you know what kills me i saw this video about someone was like that like the whole red pill blue pill thing coming from the matrix like the matrix was <laughs> was they were all pretty much gender neutral because they all like mm. took their their gendered names and made them these gender neutral trinity neo those were all gender neutral names and it was about the reality of things versus the fake of things so like they Mm. kind of picked the wrong movie plus the directors of that movie are trans women (laughs) yes so they're all everything that tate hates (laughs) and all of like the incels and everybody like all of the people that are invested in the whole idea of the matrix (laughs) are actively against everything the matrix is about yes like the like the whole idea, but of it's make- the same thing with religion, right? Like yeah. all the people who talk about Jesus are the ones who use him as a vehicle for their own hate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how do we go there on Easter Sunday? On <laughs> <laughs> Zombie Jesus Day. Cordyceps <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Mm. But it's. I think anybody will use anything and try to twist it. That's. Mm. It's all just twisting the narrative to suit your own needs. Yeah, everything that I've ever seen, um, like, literally most of what I've studied is about people using ideologies or belief systems or whatever to capture vulnerable populations and militarize them and use them against other people. So, like, the ideology in itself isn't bad, like... But the when people get that activist mindset or that militant fundamentalist mindset, and they get captured by an authority figure that has malevolent purposes for them. So it's not about the ideology anymore. It's not about the belief system anymore. Like a lot of like the evangelical Christians who are militantly opposed to homosexuality, for example, they're not really Christian. Like they don't fulfill the tenets of Christianity. Very few people really do. Um, the more the, the people who tend to be more Christian are probably the ones that don't follow evangelical Christianity. <laughs> Very true. Because there's, I mean, there's a difference between, I think, churches have ruined the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and like religious leaders have almost ruined the Bible because if you, if the Bible at its core, New Testament, is about charity and love and taking care of one another and you know, love thy neighbor, all that good stuff. Don't be a shitty person. But then they have taken that and twisted it into hate everybody who isn't exactly like you, which yeah. was kind of not the point <laughs> that well, Jesus was trying to make. Which is why all of the splinters and schisms and everything happened in Christianity. It's because like, well, I interpret it this way, so I'm going to start my own sect. It's that Emo Phillips joke. We'll have to insert it if we can, yeah. where it's like, what is it presbyterian or baptist and then you get yeah. down 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 to yeah. like oh, you're a terrible yeah. person <laughs> yeah 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 and then there was um we've got a really funny thing going on at the moment right which was such a non-issue and all of a sudden the media are grabbing hold of it everyone's going crazy everyone's heads are spinning around you know <laughs> like possessed by the fucking demon from the exorcist all because 30 years ago Prince Charles then said, when I become king, I want to be defender of faith, not defender of the faith. So he says, I want to be representative of all the religions and everything that's in our country. Uh, I see that as my job as king. And so now that he is king, he wants to do that. The Church of England is going, no, 
No, you represent Anglicanism. You are defender of the faith. We won't allow it. And then the uh, the um, the king and all his consorts, everybody going, no, we must do what the king wants. It's his prerogatives. And then the funniest bit is neither of these represent the people of the other faiths and all the other spiritual leaders, the, the Muslims, the Hindus, the Sikhs, everybody are going, uh, no, he should just be a defender of the faith because England is an Anglican country and he represents the Anglican faith. So we're fine not speaking at the coronation because it's not our thing. It's your thing. You should do what you want to do. If you want to be defender of faith, that's fine. But we don't need to be represented at your coronation. You do you. It's like everyone tries to be a hero for everybody. And it's like they can speak for themselves. Yeah. It's like people who get offended on other people's behalf. It's like you're assuming that they either are too dumb to be offended for themselves or they can't speak up for it. It's like just stay in your fucking lane. Yeah. Yeah, Those kind of people that want to forget the history happened. You know, they're like, I I see this a lot in my own content where um, people say that, like, certain groups, because of who they represent and what they are, can't ever do a bad thing. All right. And everybody like I don't mean a specific group here. Everybody in their own group will automatically assume that their group is um, virtuous and above reproach, particularly if they they think. Yeah. And if they think they're oppressed, then it gives them they feel they have more um, moral credits to spend to be able to do bad stuff. It's like the video I made about swearing that when politicians swear Mm. from their own in-group, from their followers, they are perceived as being like Mm. just one of us, of the people. But that same politician swearing to the out-group who don't follow them think that they're emotional and they're not fit leaders. Like everybody sees their own groups in a different way. And no, but like, that's what pisses me off so much when I see people posting videos of other people on the internet. Mm. It's... And like there was this one creator who was, she was giving somebody shit. So she started a video. She was giving the original poster shit for posting a video of a man who was clearly in some sort of distress. So, but she posted the video in its entirety. So then she posted the video of the man and then of the woman making fun of that man and then had her own commentary where it's like, you could have cut him out. Yeah, yeah, and still proving your point. You didn't need to just double down because the person who made that original video had a very tiny account. The person who made this, like, I'm going to shit talk you video had a massive following. So now even more people have seen the man she's trying to protect and give this person shit for. <laughs> and there's nobody who's above reproach who hasn't done something shitty on their in yeah. their lives. <laughs> and it's a difference between a pattern of behavior, right? Like if you catch somebody being aggressively racist or homophobic, that's that's who they are. That's fine. Mm. You don't need to destroy their entire lives as a result of it. Some people may disagree with me, but it's not just them. It's their families. We've talked about that before. But mm. it's those people who are like yelling at a barista or that woman who was like smacking mm. down her big her burger because it had too much ketchup on it. That may not be a pattern of behavior. So you are trying to ruin someone's life, calling their employers to get them fired because maybe they had a bad day. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what kind of news they just got or what's happening in their lives. Yeah. When I worked in a call center and I was on what we called the escalations desk. So either they wanted to speak with the manager or the person they were speaking to, they were just too belligerent and they couldn't handle it. So they would come to me. And I had a woman talking to me and she was going fucking off she was swearing she was threatening she was just super aggressive but there was something 
I don't know what it was. There was something in her voice that I was like, this is different than every other time someone mm-hmm. told me to shove a phone on my ass, right? <laughs> there was a different vibe to it. And I, I can't explain what it was. But when she was finished, I just went, are you okay? Mm. And it was quiet for a second. And then she started fucking sobbing. And she was mm-hmm. like, no. She's like, my husband died in a car accident three weeks ago. Um, mourning him. I've got three kids uh, or two or three kids, whatever it was. I were dead up to my fucking eyeballs. And then I get this bill and like, she's like, I just, I just can't. Mm. And like, had I not asked, and I don't know what possessed me to ask, had I not asked, I would have walked away from that conversation and be like, this one's a fucking asshole. Mm. And had that been today, mm. I could have been one of those people who posted it on the internet to like shit yeah. out that woman. When meanwhile, she was having the worst fucking time of her life. And she mm. just took it out on the wrong person. And yeah. nobody is, is, above that type of emotional outburst that's the thing we've all done that at some point and like i think this is why i try to do like my content transparently like why i say to people about my criminal record about my drug addiction about uh living chronic pain and stuff like and my childhood trauma and stuff like none of it is a sob story like because i have to take responsibility for my actions and my shitty behavior and so none of it is an excuse for the way that i am but i think a lot of people might miss the point is that like I'm trying to use this as an example, like like what you've just said, that like if I act like a dick one day in one of my videos, then I've got all this other stuff going on, and that like even though it's not the worst stuff in the world, imagine that other people are going through way worse, and so when you see somebody like being weird or um, not behaving or conforming to societal norms or just being overly aggressive, just give them a bit of fucking time and space. Don't record them and put it on the internet because, like, we're all human beings. We're all complicated. Like, people just, this is what, this is the other thing that I said when I had that, when there's other people attacking me. Like, when I said, like, well, you've just seen that I'm a heterosexual white man and then you've made a load of judgments about me. Um, about, like, uh, and you made loads of conclusions about that. They thought I was talking about gender identity. And, like, in their response video, they were talking about, well, you know, because of the way you're presenting, blah, blah. I was like, I wasn't fucking talking about my gender identity. I was talking about the fact that you've just seen that, like, uh, I sound educated, I sound middle class, and I sound maybe a bit opinionated or a bit up myself or whatever. I know I can come across like that sometimes. But it's just you've made all these value judgments. It's like, but then I've got all these other things about me that you don't know about. And that's kind of the point of most of my content is that like using myself as an example is that there's all of this here that uh, I'm, for the listeners, I'm waving at the screen. There's all of this <laughs> stuff here that you can't see that I am. And that's the thing. Everyone takes what they're seeing as like, that's it. That's who they are as a person. But it's like yeah. when people are online knowingly recording themselves or being recorded, they're going to present to you the you that they want you to see, the them yeah. they want you to see. And Recording somebody who's just out living their lives, even if they're doing a shitty thing or a good thing or whatever, it's that doesn't necessarily mean that's who they are at their core or they're, that yeah. that's a, a pattern of behavior. But it's also like the people who would post stuff like that will be the first ones to rail against bullying and cyberbullying. But then what you're doing is a form of that. Yeah. And it's. And, and that's it. Uh, I think you hit on something good there. I think you hit on a good point there, though, with the good acts, because um, there's a lot of people that do that tokenistic sort of pretend to care stuff. And then, I mean, I don't want to bring up old dictators, 
but Stalin was wonderful to his daughter. Hitler fucking loved dogs. He treated animals well. He was a vegetarian, you know? I'm sure Boris Johnson has some wonderful qualities. I'm pretty sure, well, Trudeau has nice hair. I could say some nice things about him. He did get a shady haircut a little while ago. Yeah, he looked like a penis. Everyone nuts over it. It was stupid. He had like such a nice long flowing lot. But like, like everybody is a complete person, and I don't yeah. see that, right? Yeah. Like even, and that's why the people are so surprised. Like there was somebody, uh, I think there was somebody on TikTok who like made their whole platform about going after people who behave shittily in public, <laughs> and then something from their past came up, and people were shocked. It's like, yeah, no one is perfect. Yeah. Everybody has had a bad day. Everybody's had an outburst or done something that they're not proud of, but. If they can learn from that and grow from that, isn't that more impactful? Yeah. Than, I mean, but you don't give people an opportunity to do that. Once they've done one bad thing, that's it. They're painted with that brush forever. There's two examples that I find quite funny in like a dark way. And it's um, got four and a half minutes left. So I'll squeeze this one in. So the first one side of it is um, Kevin Hart, who did like a dodgy tweet like fucking 15 years ago. Yeah. And then at the time, he apologized for it. And everyone accepted it. Then later on, it came to him wanting to present at the Oscars. And then they dug up that old tweet. Oh, my God, he's like some kind of homophobe, transphobe, whatever. It's and like then, nobody can change. And, and, he, and then he was like, I have apologized for this already. And then he had to apologize again and still got sacked from the Oscars, even though he apologized twice. But I think it's just the Oscars doing their whole, like, listen, we get it, but we just can't, we can't be seen. What? But which... Which is funny because they enabled Weinstein for fucking 20 years. Right? But it's like Lizzo, when she put that song out and then she she was told that the word was an inappropriate word, she apologized, re-recorded the song, and then people are like, you should have known. How the fuck would you know until you yeah. know? Uh, the other thing is, is that, like, in Britain, that's a fine word. You can say that word. Like It's all, like, diff- everybody, it's like cunt, right? You say yeah. that in North America, people lose their minds, but... Yeah, you can say it here. There's loads it's of stuff you can say. Australia, every- yeah, and then uh, and then the other example would be James Gunn, who he was doing. He did the Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a weird thing with that, which I'll come back to in a sec, um, which is how weirdly women can still get subverted in Marvel, even with all of their fake virtue signaling. But anyway, so he did like some really dodgy tweets ages ago, and then he got sacked from another film he was doing. And yet he's up and again and he's doing whatever he wants to do. And everyone's forgotten about it because he's now doing stuff that people can make money from. It's it's what you're willing to ignore or not ignore. Yeah. And it, so the, the thing I found about Guardians of the Galaxy, sorry, um, we've got two minutes left. Um, what I thought was really dodgy is that he didn't write the movie, but he's the main writing credit. And then the woman who actually is a woman that wrote Guardians of the Galaxy, but her name is second in the credits of the movie when it says written by. And he's that's got the pro- bullshit. Yeah, that's what I thought. She did a fucking brilliant job on that movie. Hmm. <laughs> now you're gonna fucking fade to black me mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.